0: Hey, this is Kirk Seminoff, editor of the Wichita Business Journal, and welcome to episode 353 of the Biz Talk with the Wichita Business Journal podcast. We created this podcast seven years ago because we wanted to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Philip Hayes is vice president of the Arnold Group in Wichita, and he is a great source for what's going on in the Kansas legislature when it comes to human resources issues, such as workers' compensation and unemployment insurance. Philip joins me in just a minute to talk all things HR, including how he got his start in the profession. But first, here's a look at what's in this week's edition of the WBJ. This week's cover story is, not so coincidentally, Our 2024 HR Professionals Awards, we honor 20 of the top Wichita area HR professionals who make their workplaces better through hard work and their knowledge of the profession. HR Professionals 2024 begins on page 13. We have two lists this week, internships and health and fitness facilities, see who's hosting the most interns in 2024, and see what health and fitness centers are out there, see how much they charge, and see how one is working on some major construction projects. The lists begin on page eight. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly leads section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments our lead section this week begins on page 41 equity bank means business that's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges visit them today at equitybank.com phil hayes is vice president of the arnold group a human resources company in wichita that deals with all things hr that's recruiting and staffing executive search and talent acquisition workforce solutions Phil's been doing this a while, so 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 long that this week he was inducted into our Wichita Business Journal HR Professionals Hall of Fame. Phil, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Definitely appreciate the opportunity to be here. <laughs> uh, you are deeply involved at the state level with human resources priorities and solutions, and I'm talking mostly at the state house during legislative sessions, like the one we're in now. You got into that, I think, through Kansas SHRM, which, of course, is the, for folks who don't know, is the Society of Human Resource Management. I always have a tough time saying that. Uh, I want to ask you a lot about that because there's some important stuff being talked about. But first, let's get into your career a little bit since you are a newly minted HR Hall of Famer with us. Uh, how did you get involved with HR and, and why has it stayed so strong a career for you? Yeah,
1: that's a really interesting uh, question with a a neat backstory. I guess Um, a lot of HR colleagues that I've come in uh, touch with through the years, we all kind of fall into HR in different uh, different ways. Uh, My mine is probably no different in that capacity. That it wasn't by design. Um, Out of high school, um, I enlisted into the Air Force, served four years, and um, one of my big motivations uh, beyond the strong military family that we have. Um, I chose the military path for my educational benefits and, um, true to that, I got my associates while I was, uh, during my four year enlistment and I uh, completed my HR management degree, um, right at the conclusion of my enlistment. Um, <clears throat> pursued, uh, the HR management piece just because that was probably the best fit for me out of the offerings that they had at, at Bellevue university, uh, just outside of Omaha. And, um, it's been an interesting um, career, to say the least. Um, shortly after I got out, I, I continued my educational pursuits at Friends University here in Wichita and got my master's in information systems, and I just figured between people and computers. It was a, probably a good, strong combination moving forward, not knowing uh, the impact and what the future would hold.
0: You're a bit of a boomerang. Why did you come back to Wichita.
1: Uh, this is family. Um, grew up and was raised here. Um, family is a, a very strong component for us. My, um, I was uh, in a, a young marriage at the time and uh, completing my enlistment, we just had my second daughter. Wanted to come back and be around family and, and have our, our kids around um, our extended family. Um, that was certainly uh, important for me and, and uh, didn't want to to rob that opportunity from my kids and, and future grandkids.
0: You are a campus cult. Uh, did you grow up in Hayesville or South Wichita? Um, in Hayesville. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tell me about life. Uh, you're a little younger than I am. That was, So life in the 80s uh, in Hayesville for, for Phil Hayes. Phil Hayes was uh, a
1: little bit ornery uh, back in the day and um, didn't necessarily take schooling or education near as serious as I did uh, once. I, I grew up a bit, but uh, um, I had a lot of fun. Grown up, um, I had a, a core group of friends. So I'm still stay in touch, um, but to say the least, my mom was happy to see me graduate and uh, actually figure out what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so your father was in the military,
1: correct? He's uh, in the Air Force.
0: Uh, right. And you said that you being in the military helped you with schooling. That's
1: yeah. Military for me, um, there are so many benefits and takeaways for me. But discipline. Um, we, my wife and I, were just. Married right at the beginning of my enlistment. So we moved away from family and that really forced us to grow up and and figure out how to adult Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, you know the whole failure to launch concept uh, there's been number of uh, movies and articles about that, but we we just kind of grabbed life by the horns and uh, uh, Struck out on our own the some of the early days were difficult not having family around and that was probably another key driver to understand how important uh, family is. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, being away for four years, um, having young kids, um, our parents, myself
0: and um, Amy's parents, have just been a tremendous impact on our life. You told me before we hit record about one of your jobs in the military, (laughs) what it could have been. Uh, And I I think you made the right decision to get into HR and and once you weren't enlisted anymore, tell me about that. Yeah, um, you know, as a young kid,
1: was eager to, to go see the world and, and the military, having uh, my my dad, my grandfathers, um, just a whole family legacy of, of military service. But uh, I thought I'd go talk to a recruiter, and um, I was pretty eager and anxious to, to go ahead and sign the line and didn't really necessarily care what that looked like. Um, the recruiter said, I have the perfect job for you, and uh, I signed up to be an, an explosive ordnance disposal technician. So if anybody has seen the movie The Hurt Locker, that's what I did. I went through about eight to nine months of training, and uh, they said that this is a one-mistake career field. Uh, you'd probably be better suited elsewhere. had my security clearance, and they reclassified me to imagery at that point. So. <laughs>
0: But you said you wanted to see the world in the military and, you, and you, you had told me beforehand you really didn't see much of the world, did you? Yeah, it, it was
1: great. They sent me to uh, an extended front yard and a backyard view. So I went down to West Texas, uh, which is where my my first daughter was born and then uh, was stationed my last two years in Omaha, Nebraska. So I uh, n- never really left the, that central <laughs>
0: corridor. Uh, so you got into HR and you stayed in HR. Tell me what it takes for a, to to become a good quality human resources professional.
1: Boy, there's there's a lot that goes into that question. I, I would just reflecting back on probably the early days. Um, if you're a young HR professional getting into it, the best thing I can do is just say jump into the deep end. Really, just get in and and understand that you're not alone. HR is. An ally for the business and the best way you can become a strong ally is to understand the business and that is networking and creating and cult- cultivating those relationships with not only your leadership group but your mid-level managers that's the heartbeat of your organization but then also your employees so the more you're out and about front and center um, and engaged in the business the better you can support it
0: mm mm-hmm. does it take a, s- a certain type of personality
1: You know, I I think uh, HR is a a pretty broad field. There's a number of specialties. Um, You know, I think there's roles for introverts as well as extroverts. Um, And oftentimes people will approach me and say, I'd really love to get into HR. I love people. And quite honestly, um, the longer you do this, and if you're truly being consistent across the board, looking at policy development, um, enforcing those Um, oftentimes it's not about liking people because oftentimes people won't view HR as a friend there's there's a job to be done and trying to represent both views of employees as well as the business um, you know you're gonna get pushback from both sides so I think you have to have some tough skin but understand that uh, HR the world of HR today is far different than it was decades ago it's no longer about the party planning you're much more into the compliance into the business aspects of of the hr function for an organization
0: that's that's what what i wonder you've been doing this probably 25 30 years now um what you mentioned things have changed but was it tough for you to adapt or is it is it is it much more up your alley now
1: that's a great question i I think as my answer is going to be a mix between the two the Early on, trying to find my footing, Um, what's ironic, coming out of the military in Omaha, I went to a couple job fairs, and it seemed like the only companies that would talk to me were staffing companies. And I remember telling myself, I'll go talk to them just to kind of get some interview practice while I'm in Omaha, coming back down to Wichita, but there's no way I'm going to work for a staffing company. And uh, lo and behold, I come back home, I go to a job fair at Century Two, and um, talk to a staffing company and was hired with them started out of their hutch branch but my early days in hr wasn't traditional hr and so we would support different clients different businesses um, around the area and within our communities and asa think Man, if I was in a traditional company, I think HR would be simple and and uh, maybe my life would be a little bit more sane. So really, I kind of took that that concept and applied what I would consider framework policies into the staffing world. And we work with hundreds of different clients, so different competing policies and um uh, various components, but that really helped give us some shape to better serve our clients. Um, we've got good structure, some baseline policies, but then we also mirror um, those policies. But to, to to answer your question, it has shifted a lot. And in my early days kind of the theme back then was HR needed a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. And what I learned through the years is nobody's going to give you a seat. And I don't think HR is any different than any other business discipline. You have to go create the opportunity. And the best way to do that is to show your value and create value for your HR function within your organization. It goes back to the earlier response. The better you know the business, the better you can support the business, the more value you create for your organization. Do
0: companies... Um I don't know what the word is here, respect HR more or uh, realize the importance of of HR more than they used to?
1: I'm going to give you the classic HR answer and that it depends. Uh, Um, It really depends, I think, on the journey of the organization and kind of what phase they are, whether they're infancy or if they're a mature organization. Those that have had costly HR lessons probably value HR a lot more today than they once did. As a As a whole, I think HR is better respected, better valued, but there's not every organization is created the same. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned HR personalities. I think you have to find your culture fit and some organizations are much more relaxed. Others are much more buttoned down and um, some organizations are much more supportive of HR. So I think just understanding not only the culture of the organization and and being true to who you are trying to find that right fit Um, and that's probably been one of my greatest um one of my, that's probably been one of my most favorite aspects of being with the Arnold Group for 25 plus years is I get to kind of see behind the curtain with different organizations and you see really the vast differences between um, company culture or what their, their DNA, their, their employee value proposition looks like. What I've learned through the years and working with a number, hundreds of different businesses and industries is... Um, there's vast differences. Um, and what may be uh, visible on the front end oftentimes isn't um, the whole story. And there's always two sides to any, any story as well. But um, uh, oftentimes I've joked that I didn't necessarily want to work for a staffing company, but 25 years later I couldn't see myself working for anybody else. Um, and that comes back down to the culture fit and having a voice and creating the value from an HR perspective is... I've had the opportunity to put my own signature on our culture and help drive um, an employee-focused organization. Um, Oftentimes, I I reframe the story to my employees, new and and well-tenured employees, that the destination is important for us, but the journey is as equally important for Mm -hmm. us on how we get there and how we conduct business, and um, not only how... We engage our clients, but how we interact with our
0: employees. So, who are some of the other people at the Arnold Group you, that who have been as dedicated to the company as you have over these years?
1: Oh, it's it's a it's a relatively long list for as small of a company as we are. Um, first and foremost, George um, George Arnold uh, passed on Kansas Day in 2010, um, but he was critically influential uh, for me. Um, his daughter, Jill, is the current president. She's been involved in the organization for over 30 years. Um, consider her a mentor, a business partner now, um, just a phenomenal uh, human being. Um, Christy Hawkins has been with us for north of fift- 15 years. Um, Terry Statz has also been in the business north of, of 30 years as well. We've got a uh, third generation in the business for coming up on 10 years. Uh, but we've had even some... Uh, um, Shane Kuduk um, is a military retiree from McConnell, um, calling Wichita home now for the past 15, 20 years. Um, separated about a dozen years ago, and he's he's been central for us and critical. Um, but then I've also had um, long-term colleagues that um, had spent a number of years with at the Arnold Group and they've moved on to other organizations in town and uh, continue to maintain those relationships as well. So Mm -hmm. it's just interesting um, the relationships that are formed through the years um, and um, HR is kind of a fluid community um, but have come in contact with a
0: lot of great individuals. I wanted to ask beyond the Arnold Group you're deeply involved with Kansas Sherm. How did you get involved and why is it so important to you to, to take that extra step into, of the, your career? Yeah,
1: honestly, Kansas, Sherm, Wichita Sherm, or the, the Sherm local chapters that I've been a part of for 25 plus years, that's honestly probably been one of the biggest um, foundational pieces for me as an HR professional because the compliance stuff, the, the theory things, um, the challenges that you go through, it's your network that really um, allows you to, to dive into issues more than especially if, if you're a, a, an HR shop of one um, so that group has been instrumental for me kind of how I got involved at the State House and really involved in the legislative arena was back in um, 2005 I mentioned George earlier um, he he felt like the unemployment system in Kansas could be improved and there's a lot of fluctuation so from a cost standpoint started diving into that. Uh, my first bill that I got involved with was uh, introducing a pay card bill, um, and <clears throat> it took me three years. But what I learned at that point is you have to have alliances, and it comes back to networking. Um, but we passed that pay card bill in 2007. What, did, then, that, what did that bill do? Um, that actually um, changed the law to give employers the ability and additional flexibility to not just pay only by cash or check. Um, That allowed employers to designate direct deposit and or the use of pay cards. Um, Ironically, um, the following year after the bill was passed, the state of Kansas um, benefited greatly and implemented the pay card um, solution for unemployment benefits.
0: So let's talk about some of the legislation that's going on during this 2024 session. Uh, What is SHRM involved in and how do you make your case with legislators?
1: So Kansas Sherm um, has really kind of been the lead advocate on um, unemployment as well as the work comp reform. Um, we've had some pretty heavy lifts uh, in recent years. Uh, we got involved in the UI space in 2010. Um, it would have been a little bit sooner, but the Great Recession took a hold and there were some recovery efforts. Um, but <clears throat> the biggest thing that we did, um, I, I call this kind of the fourth and final chapter that we're, we're working through this year. Um, there's been about ten pretty significant pieces of legislation in the last 15 years. Um, but probably the biggest one was in 2015 when we switched the array system or the arrayed financing methodology to a fixed methodology to give employers more predictability and stability um, with their unemployment taxes. Um, <clears throat> the bill that we're, we're seeing today is, is probably one of the, if not the biggest bill it's the second biggest bill in 15 years and this really started as a regulation cleanup bill last session and it evolved and um, aligning the regulations with the new statute and the bill or the the reforms that were passed in 2021 um, really exposed some some areas of concern so
0: mm-hmm. you're t- i think you're talking about house bill 2570 which passed unanimously last week Go ahead. tell me about that bill
1: just in, in, a, in a nutshell, um, the reforms that we're looking at is, is known as the Kansas Unemployment Insurance State Trust Fund Solvency, System Integrity, and Tax Credit Preservation Act of 2024. Um, the long version of that is we're doing a lot of creative work to afford some tax reductions for every employer across the state. Uh, more than 97% of all businesses will see a 50% tax reduction in 2025. Um, in 2026, there's a collection of employers that are negative balanced, um, not to get into the weeds too much, but we're essentially gonna, going to absolve a lot of this largely uncollectible debt and improve the tax position for every single employer in the state.
0: Is that the key piece why this bill is so universally loved? It, it passed you know without a dissenting vote last week it,
1: that is certainly one that was going to be actually a little bit of a hurdle and through conversations and working with a, a much more broad business group um, this was a key provision that was added late um, but honestly um, the There's two critical pieces. The Kansas Department of Labor needs needs some language um, in statute to keep our modernization effort on task um, and on track, and and we're proposed or or projected to be live in fourth quarter of this year. Um, But the other key component um, is a benefit that um, has been a pretty contentious issue over the last 15 years, and that's affording unemployment benefits to school bus drivers. Um, and Kansas was a minority state that excluded um, school bus drivers, and um, we found a path to create a work share opportunity uh, for those certain school bus employees and, and organizations that uh, hire those school bus drivers. So it's not necessarily the public school districts, but it's the contracted bus driving outfits that that help support and contract with the school districts.
0: Mm-hmm. Are are most of the bills that you work on uh, pro-business? I use air quotes there. Nobody can see them, but.
1: Um, You know, I I think that's that's all perspective. Um, Obviously, the unemployment area and the work comp um, in the world of staffing and really um, employment in general, those are costs. Um, And as an organization, they were fairly large costs for us. So we didn't necessarily chalk them up to being a cost of doing business. Um, that's what set me out on the path and kind of following in Georgia's steps on the UI reform wanting that predictability wanting to lower our tax burden Um, so in a sense I would say that's probably been maybe a guiding light for me Uh, but at the end of the day I have friends family Um, colleagues that have been impacted um, by unemployment. So when you lose your job at no fault of your own, we don't want to completely dismantle a system. It needs to be there and have the right framework there. So I really look at it from an objective viewpoint, um, but oftentimes I think uh, it can be framed that Um, some of the solutions that I'll bring forth is maybe geared toward business. But at the end of the day, if businesses don't exist, if we don't hire employees, there's no need for unemployment. So we certainly want to, to give an environment or provide an environment that's conducive to hiring, retention, attracting new employees to, the, to our state, um, attracting businesses to our state. And that's some of the, the framework that we're introducing this year is, is there's some best practices um, that we've always kind of taken bits and pieces from different states. Unemployment's a pretty complicated issue, so we couldn't get this in one fell swoop. I talked about this being the fourth chapter. I'd like to say this will be the fourth and final chapter. There's a lot of things that, um, uh, working with the administration, working with uh, the business coalition, working with uh, labor as well. Um, there's a lot of voices that have been involved in the last series of, of legislative reforms in the unemployment space. So. Um, Every time I think that we end up with a good product, um, a new idea comes up or time passes and uh, new challenges emerge and, and uh, trying to find solutions to those.
0: This goes to the Senate now and then if they pass it, I'm, I'm assuming you think it's going to pass in the Senate and then get to the governor?
1: Yeah, you know, it's... if. Years ago, um, I used to hold my breath a little bit more, um, but I talked about kind of the coalition. Um, We've done a good job of of working with with key legislators, too, and some of that is just education on the front end. So um, to have this bill passed unanimously on the House floor last week with 120 to, to zero votes, um, was huge. Um, it certainly reaffirms that we've got a good piece of legislation. Um, I think there's bits and pieces in there that a lot of people love, and there's a few items that maybe everybody doesn't care for 100%, but um, next step, yeah, it's, this will likely go to the Senate um, potentially as early as next week. Um, we've actually done some joint sessions with the House and the Senate, so we've got the education components up to speed. Um, there may be a few tweaks. Um, obviously, different legislators may have some, some uh, proposals or amendments that uh, we'll either embrace or uh, fend off. Um, but I would like to think that uh, this bill has broad support, and I'd love to see this pass unanimously in the Senate as well and uh, be on the governor's desk by the end of, end of March would be fantastic. Do you think she signs it? I I do. Um, We've had wide margins that we've passed reforms in the past, um, and uh, I've had some unanimous bills, but they weren't near as a heavy lift as this is. This is a a pretty significant change, and, and I do think it'll position Kansas from a Um, A tax competitiveness state, I think it uh, affords benefits, additional benefits for um, impacted Kansans that are laid off at no fault of their own or temporary unemployment if we have different businesses that have various layoffs uh, related to weather conditions. Um, so I think this has far and wide-reaching implications, um, and I see this being being signed relatively quick once it hits the governor's desk.
0: Every administration changes after a while, and every legislature changes every two or four two and four years. Uh, <clears throat> where does this one rank, both of them, uh, in terms of easy to work with? Listen, they listen to you. Uh, you're you're able to bend their ear and get some things done.
1: You know, that's, that's almost an unfair question. Um, because It was meant to be. <laughs> the uh, In my early days, um, I seen real quick how critical it was to have a legislative champion. Um, it, coming out of the Great Recession, um, this wasn't the biggest priority. It was really more of a Band-Aid fix on some things, and we got some... Some other items, I know uh, um, Senator Wagle back in the day, um, Representative Club up in the Kansas City area um, was great. Um, But I would say this year having legislative champions um, because we've got people that are involved. um, As COVID unfolded, we met in the fall of of 2020 going into the 21 session, which was instrumental for some, some milestone changes in 21, um, but we've got consistency with a lot of those members um, that went into 23 in this 24 session, and they have been really receptive, um, encouraging, but they've also forced the issue and said business, labor, and the administrators all need to work together and we need to find that compromised middle ground. And at the end of the day, I think that's ultimately what has made better legislation and probably... Um, reason for the unanimous support.
0: Mm-hmm. Another bill with unanimous support is on the Senate side, that's SB 430, which got a 40 to nothing unanimous vote last week. It's, it involves Kansas workers' compensation and, and the system involved. Talk about that and, again, why the broad support?
1: What's interesting is I think 2011 was the last major reform that we had in work comp uh, in the work comp arena. And prior to that, it had been 20, 20 plus years. And so there's a lot of arm wrestling negotiation going on. Then, um, a lot of good changes, uh, occurred. And now there's been, um, I want to say this is actually two years that Senate bill, um, that Senate bill 430 has been being worked. Um, there's attorneys from, I I say a team of attorneys from labor and a team of attorneys from business coming to the table. There's been arduous negotiations and numerous meetings. Um, but really just hashing out and finding the middle ground. And again, um, I don't think either one of these bills is, is, um, favoring one side or the other. It's it's really thinking about common sense solutions and not just thinking about today, but also forward thinking as far as, uh, um, I think there's some indexing provisions actually in both mm-hmm. bills. Um, what I've learned is legislation, legis- what I've learned is legislators oftentimes have good intentions, but there's unintended consequences from um, getting in and tweaking a few things. And so that is probably what's encouraging about these is they are self-managing to some degree there's always going to be new issues that that arise um, but really the big heavy lifts hopefully those are behind us in both of these arenas
0: are you as optimistic on this one, passing the governor's desk?
1: I, I uh, In talking to the chairman of the Senate Commerce Committee and the chair of the, the House Commerce Committee, um, teased them that uh, you know basically we scored touchdowns in, in both chambers on different bills, and now we've traded footballs. And uh, so the challenge is, is uh, uh, to get to the other end zone now so we can get both of these bills on the governor's desk. But in short, yeah, I, I really think that uh, we're likely to see unanimous uh, support on this bill as well
0: how often does that happen for you when you're working with with legislators on things like this
1: for me I've never had a unanimous bill in both chambers in the same year Um, and you know if if we continue on the path and and the trajectory that we're on um, to have two huge bills that are going to be instrumental and so critical for business as well as um, claimants in either arena um, I don't know that we'll ever see this again
0: don't want to jinx you but how would you celebrate (laughs)
1: <laughs> um number one um sleeping at night um this this has been a little bit of a second job really for the last year on the unemployment piece um i've been um instrumental in the u i reforms and kind of the de facto de facto go to um in this. So getting my sanity back, I think is going to be nice to have my evenings and and some of the weekends back. But uh, um, what I've learned this year is um, because there's so much broad support and broad perspective, um, I have a sense of maybe what legislators go through um, with constituents because it's really difficult to please everybody. Um, But not that these bills are leaning one way or the other um, I think there's a lot in it for everybody and like I said there's there's a little bit of compromise from every perspective
0: mm-hmm. uh, let's come back from the legislature and I didn't want to let you get away without asking a couple of trending topics in HR uh, we've written for a couple of years at least about how companies across the state have been struggling to recruit and retain the best employees um, unemployment rate re- remains low historically low uh, is the challenge still there for companies across most sectors to, to find good talent? And where does it go from here? Yeah, I think the um,
1: <clears throat> it's been an interesting few years. We'll just say that. Pre-COVID, um, what we realized in, in the, the world of staffing and, and working with different industries and different companies throughout uh, Kansas and the Midwest is the labor market was already tightening well before COVID hit. Um, I think it was mid 2015 when we kind of seen the, 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 intersection between, um, less talent available, um, in re- in, in connection to the available jobs. Um, and once COVID hit, obviously we, we get through that. And every state, um, had their, their approach and response to that. But once we came back into the office and came back to the world of work, the market shifted um mm-hmm. dramatically and um I think it's really exposed how tight the, the war for talent is. And I think in the HR circles we've talked about the war for talent for a number of years, um, but we really didn't know how acute it was until um I would say early twenty twenty one and we went full throttle for a few years and we've seen a little bit of a cooling off. Um, I would say the last 18 months um, it's slowed a bit and we're actually starting to see the trend shift from the great resignation to the great stay and there's a little bit more apprehension from employees not wanting to make the shift um, but the demand um, or the commanding higher salaries isn't what it was a couple of years ago so the incentive for employees to shift and and maybe try a different position um, the need just isn't or the opportunity isn't as great uh, financially to make the shift. So we're seeing a little bit of the pendulum swing back. That, um, um, And I mentioned this before we hit record that uh, I would say for the last 18 months, we've kind of seen these rolling pockets of um, supply and demand uh, from a labor perspective. And it's difficult to get my pulse on it because some of it makes sense, and then other parts of it or other industries, when they have a lull, didn't make sense. A lot of that probably came back to the supply supply chain constraints. Um, but there's other elements that um, demand for products or um, services have shifted. Um, so we're certainly seeing a little bit of uh, a mentality shift with employees in general or, jobs or uh, job
0: seekers. Is it possible to look at the rest of the decade and make a, <laughs> an informed decision on, on, on what's going to happen?
1: Boy, that's, if, if anybody has that crystal ball, um, I'd love to have a, a peek at it. The, the thing that probably keeps me up at night um, past the, the, the le- legislative components is looking at the impact that artificial intelligence and how that's going to be wrapped with human intelligence and, and what that looks like really. Getting to the next decade, that seems like an eternity, especially when you look at the speed of how AI and robotics is shifting the world of work. Um, so... Part of me, you know, I I look to the end of this year and, and, uh, you know, I've always kind of been a big picture thinker and think about one, three, five, ten year plans. but with, with the pace of business today, I think a, a one, two, and a three-year plan is is tough enough to project, let alone
0: um, five to ten years out. That's for sure. Phil Hayes of the Arnold Group, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. It's been a fun conversation and, and learning a lot about it, what you do at the State House and Kansas Sherm as a whole too. Thanks again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well that's it for Biz Talk this week, episode 353. Check out all our podcast episodes at our BizTalk Hub. That's at WichitaBusinessJournal.com. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. BizTalk is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. And thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow was where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have it a profitable week.